Hey, good morning, Mission Church of the Nazarene. My name is Tony Miller. I'm the lead pastor here at Mission Church here in San Diego County. And we just want to give you a warm welcome, invite you to be a part of our worship experience. Thank you for being here. I want to take a moment and just shout out to those that just led us in worship. They're doing such an awesome job. Our, our children's pastor, our student ministries directors, all the ministries that's happening. I just want to, again, just give a shout out and say thank you for the hard work that's, that's going on. If you want to get plugged in, go to missionnaz.org. And we'd like to invite you to be a part of our our church uh, while we're serving online and afterwards also on campus. So uh, just invite you to worship with us as we look at God's word. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to break open the word of God this morning and and see what he has to say. Two weeks ago, uh, before Mother's Day, I launched a new sermon series called Searching for Significance. Searching for Significance. And I, I believe that's relevant because, I mean, especially in times like we're going through right now, uh, trying to figure out what's significant or brings significance in life is, it's important. And it's important at any time in life, any chapter that we're living, but, but especially right now. And I can't even begin to say that I understand what you're going through or I can relate to what you're, you're experiencing, but I know this without a shadow of a doubt that God loves you. He wants to be a part of your life. And so I want to invite you just to listen to the Word of God as we look at this idea, this this thought of searching for significance. And again, we're going to John chapter 1, and uh, we'll be finishing up there, and the next Sunday we'll be in John chapter 2. So go with me to John chapter 1, beginning of verse 14, and listen to the Word of God as I read it for you this morning. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory is of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, because he was before me. For him, his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. Let's pray together. Precious Father in heaven, I thank you for the word this morning. I pray that your anointing would be upon it. I pray, Father, for the family that is hurting. I pray for the one that's trying to make ends meet and trying to, you know, gather enough money to pay their bills. I pray for the one that is maybe wrestling, struggling with loneliness. Father, you know what all the needs are out there, and I pray that you would just lift those families up. Bless them, Father. I pray for our congregation, those of us that... Lord, just gather regularly together that you would just bless the congregation and be with those that are serving and and doing, you know, work above and beyond the call of duty. Encourage them, Lord. Thank you for that. Thank you, Father, for this word. I pray that your blessing and anointing to be upon it. We ask all these things in Jesus Christ's glorious name. Amen and amen. Now, two weeks ago when I launched the series, I established or we established that significance begins with knowing Jesus Christ the Messiah. And part of that passage that we're reading in the first part of chapter 1 is that Jesus is establishing or his claim is that he is the light. Now I need to say this right out of the starting gate, that that was earth shattering for the scribes and the Pharisees at the time. 
that, that Jesus was saying that he was the light because it was normal in their language to, to use light as a description of God or to identify something that is like God. And so Jesus establishes himself or claims that he is the light. And we, we see that. It, it is a light that is associated in Jewish thought and language over and over again. In fact, in Psalm chapter 27, looking at verse 1, we read, The Lord is my light. And then again in Isaiah chapter 90, verse 19, we read, The Lord will be your everlasting light. And in fact, probably one of the most significant moments when we see that the light is lifted up as God or used as God is in the life of, of Job. And you remember that story and how Job was losing everything and his wealth and his family and his flocks. And in the midst of that, when he had lost absolutely everything and he's sitting in the darkest valley of life, all of a sudden bursting forth and punching a hole in the darkness was the reality that he was reaching up and saying, God, that you are my light and my salvation establishing what we understand when we hear Jesus say in the New Testament, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so Jesus Christ establishes this idea that he is the light that is bursting forth onto the, you know, the, 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 the presence of, of our life and our ministry. In fact, we look at uh, verse 17, part B. The last part of verse 17 here in our text, and we read, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. That's significant, that grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. In fact, a couple of weeks ago, I promised that I would unveil a lie that the enemy wants us to buy into in each of these sermons that I'm preaching on searching for significance. Well, here is lie number two that the enemy wants us to believe. He really wants us to buy into this. This is lie number two the enemy wants you to believe. That truth cannot be known. He, he wants you to, to believe that. He wants you to think that truth cannot be known. In fact, I understand in society, you know, uh, they've embraced the idea there's no such thing as absolute truth in some ways. But the fact is, that's counter to what the scripture teaches us. We can know the truth. A truth that sets us free. Amen? And it's a truth that becomes relevant in life as we understand who that truth is, meaning Jesus Christ. In fact, we look at the truth and I propose that significance begins with truth. In fact, that's the baseline here. That significance begins with truth. And I think that's what John is trying to communicate. Not only that grace is the proof of God's love for us, but truth is that he loves us. Get this, is that he loves us right now. <laughs> That God loves us right now. You see, that's the truth that we can know right now. This moment. I mean, in this second, you can know this truth that God loves you. In fact, that's, that's in bold print in my notes here. That God loves you. And, and he wants you to know that. This is a truth that significance begins with. And, and so, I, I think what John is really trying to communicate is, is how deep that is. I mean, how wide this truth is. In fact, he says it in a strange way when he says in one phrase in verse 16, go back to the text for a moment. In verse 16, he says, grace in place of grace. In another translation, we read, it's grace upon grace. I mean, what an interesting way to say that. And, and I believe that, you know, John is trying to express that we can't even begin to understand that unless we are in relationship with Jesus Christ. Because that is saying, this grace upon grace is that there is an unending depth to the experience of knowing Jesus Christ, that, that knowing Jesus Christ is unending. And, and, and his, his grace pours out upon us over and over and over again. It's kind of like the old school phrase, my cup runneth over. I remember being in a conference 
um, many years ago. Many years ago, it was a Promise Keepers Conference, and David Meese was at the Keys leading us in worship. And folks, let me tell you something. Something wonderful happened as the Lord's Spirit came upon that crowd of 80,000 worshipers. And it was the Shekinah glory, as they say, and I could feel almost the present, like a mist, the presence of the Holy Spirit. And before I knew it, my eyes were welling up with tears, and my face was covered with them. I mean, it was the presence of God, and my cup was overflowing. I didn't have enough you know, room to hold the presence and the glory of God, the blessing of God. You see, walking with Jesus, it's like that. It's this, this never-ending joy and this beautiful spiritual landscape of, of knowing Jesus that, that changes and transforms lives. It's like driving up Highway 1 up the coast of, of California. We finally did that one time a couple of years ago. And it was so awesome because you had the, you know, the ocean on the left side. And you had the mountain landscape on the right. And so as you'd go around a bend, you'd see this beautiful vista. You'd drive for a while and then finally go around another bend, more ocean, the mountains, another vista. I mean, there's vista upon vista, the beauty of what God has created. That's what it's like to walk with Jesus Christ. To experience the other, the limitlessness, the never, the never-ending blessing of God's grace in our life is what happens when you experience Jesus Christ and know Him. New wonders, new enlightenments follows a life with Christ to live like Christ, to serve like Christ did. That's one way to understand this phrase, grace upon grace. Another understanding of truth is this: it's God's unchanging grace in changing times. Think about that. It's understanding when we read grace upon grace, it's saying something about God's unchanging grace in changing times. Because these are changing times, folks. And, and yet it's God's grace that is the constant. It's God's grace that is always the same, that sustains us in the midst of whatever we're going through. And it's interesting how, how that grace is so constant and so appropriate and proper at different times in life. For example... We need one kind of grace when all is good and we want to see Jesus we're worshiping, but we need a whole different kind of grace when the church is being persecuted or when we're going through a pandemic. We need one kind of grace when we're young and boisterous and we're bold in our spirit and personality and we're making mistake after mistake because we're youthful. But then it's another kind of grace we need when time catches up with us and we begin to age and our bodies begin to fail us. It's, it's the, the kind of grace that wraps its arm around us and lifts us and sustains us even when we are facing uncertain times like we are right now. And I believe that even those listening to the word and experiencing Jesus in the New Testament was experiencing some uncertainty in their own lives. In fact, we go to a commentary, William Barclay, and he points out that Jesus coming into the world was not primarily for judgment. And that might be a shock for some of you, maybe even a lightning bolt. I mean, the old way of understanding that Jesus came for judgment, but that's not true. What we see is that Jesus, he came to show us love. He came to show us how to love and how to live a loving life and then ultimately shows us how to die in a loving way. And so Jesus gives his life when he goes to the cross. And, and to say that he loves us so much that he'd give us life for us, man, it's mind-boggling to think about how much Jesus loves us. I mean, that's what the reality is of God's word. It shows us here. Men fail to recognize this. 
even in Jesus' time, I, I believe because of the fact that that they were missing that he was the light, as we were defining the light, that he was the truth. And, and maybe it was, their judgment was clouded because of, of uh, seeing him as judge. And they were kind of misreading that. In fact, Jesus addresses this in John chapter 8, and he defines you know, two different types of judgment. One type of judgment is, is human judgment. And human judgment is limited by perception and the facts that we have. But yet, humanly, we say, okay, this is what the truth is, and this is our decision. But then there's another kind of judgment Jesus refers to, and that judgment is a judgment that's based on the knowledge of all the facts. It's based on even the hidden facts of God. You see, Jesus even had those facts because this is God in the flesh. Jesus even had the facts of what God knew and so that he was judge and this was, you know, causing some, some, some tension, you know, of course, between the Pharisees and the Sadducees at the time. You see, this is why we define the gospel as the revelation of Christ and how revelation happens because once we know who the Savior is and we invite him to become a part of our life, revelation becomes a part of our life too. And things that we didn't understand, we now begin to understand because of the revelation of Christ. And so we understand more now when Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. Here's my sentence. This truth of who Christ is, is truth that leads us into a life of significance. That's my topical sentence. This truth of who Christ is, is truth that leads us to a life of significance. You see, I, I think the danger is, is that when truth begins to fade or our faith becomes stale, when, when we begin to lose the power or the impact of who Jesus Christ is in life and it begins to lose, what can I say, its saltiness and it becomes tasteless. There's a danger there when our relationship with Christ becomes stale like that. It kind of reminds me of a story. It's not mine, but I want to share it with you. It's a story of the Butterball Turkey Company. Butterball Turkey Company established a hotline many years ago um, so that customers could come in and ask for help or call in, not come in, but call in and ask for help on how to prepare the turkey for the holidays. Well, they get a call from a particular lady that says that she's had a Butterball Turkey in her freezer for 23 years. <laughs> Can you imagine that? She's had this Butterball Turkey in her freezer 23 years. Is it still good? Well, the operator said, well, as long as your freezer was below freezing, you know, obviously for the entire time, you know, the turkey probably is still edible, but it's probably lost some of its flavor. So you may want to get another turkey. Well, the woman that called in, there was a moment of silence. She was thinking that she says, okay, I'll just give it to the church. <laughs> People. I know the temptation. I know the temptation is to be distracted by all the things that's going on and all the, the challenges that we're facing. I understand there's that temptation that, that all this stuff gets all of our attention to where we no longer give attention to the one thing that gives us real significance in life. And nothing gives us significance in life like Jesus Christ, folks. I mean, here's the review. Remember this? Here's the review. God loves you. This is the truth that can be known, that God loves you. The second thing is that God's grace is unchanging. Even though everything's changing around us, God's grace is unchanging. And the last thing is that Jesus Christ is the one that brings significance to life. You want to find significance, then turn to Jesus Christ. Renew your faith in Christ. 
become eager and hungry to, to walk with Christ and to read his word and to serve him. And I believe God will be glorified in that and your life will be richer because of it. Amen. Don't lose your saltiness. Walk with Jesus. He wants to walk with you and serve him. God bless you, Mission Church. I'm so glad that you listened in today. Let's pray. Precious Father in heaven, I thank you for the word. I thank you for this truth, Lord, and the revelation of truth in Christ. And I, I thank you, God, that your your grace is never changing. It is the constant in life that we can count on, that, Lord, that your grace is is there. And so, Lord, we, we just enjoy that, and we thank you for that. I pray, Father, for the one that is seeking you today. I pray for that one that is praying right now, Jesus, Lord, I want you to bring significance to my life. I want you to be a part of my life. And I pray for that one that's inviting you to come and to live in their life, that you would hear that prayer. Thank you, Father, for that. Thank you, God, for the opportunity that we have just to worship as we're doing now. We love you, Jesus. We ask all these things in Jesus Christ's glorious name. Amen. Thank you for listening to Mission Church. And have a beautiful Sabbath.